How good was worship? I felt like um, he just blessed us with a little gift of faith in worship, eh? Just felt faith just come on us. And um, <coughs> yeah, it's funny because I just, I think he's up to something big. I think he's doing something at the moment with our camp and just where we're at the season we're in so that was cool to hear from these guys just to be able to bring that word and um <clears throat> so i'm gonna touch on faith i want to speak a little bit about faith and um especially after uh, who was here last week heard naomi's message yeah so all about um being still and being able to encounter God in the secret place. And um, it's awesome. But you can't get in that, you can't go into that realm without the gift of faith. Like, without faith, you can't actually get in there, you know. And it's good because it puts us all on an even playing field. And that's how God wants it to be. Um, you know, there's no, there's no special kids in the kingdom. Um, it doesn't have to do with your bloodline, um, and that's what's amazing. It's just, it's a beautiful thing. Uh, so what I wanted to do is I'm, I'm going to share a testimony, but first <clears throat> I wanted everyone to just close their eyes and just, um, we're just going to spend a, a minute or two just thinking about how and becoming thankful and becoming aware of how we came into the kingdom And just the mercy of God, the mercy of God, the grace of God, that we'd be able to come in and that it would be his good pleasure. So I want to talk a little bit about Abraham's faith and how it was counted to him as righteousness and um, how it wasn't based on a law of works, but on a law of faith and Because I feel like the sooner that we can really really give ourselves to this way of life, the, the way of the spirit, 
Um, the more amazing it's going to be because there's no other way. There just isn't any other way. We came into this gospel by faith and we live by faith. The righteous live by faith. So that's the nature in which we now enjoy the kingdom of heaven and um, so you've got to wonder like what are we having faith in you know and something that is always um, that always moves me and my faith is in my union with God it's in the spirit of God inside of me and then that way Whenever I'm challenged in, in a moment um, where I know God's, God's will is up for grabs right now, as soon as I understand that it's all about the spirit that lives in me, yeah, I'm able to just be fully conscious of his ability. Yeah, so just through our, through our union with God, the spirit of God, so when like, when we're just worshipping, oh, I just feel like, oh, who wants to be possessed by the Spirit of God? Who wants the Holy Spirit living and abiding and being able to have access and do whatever he wants to do, you know? Only a heart that can fully trust in him, and that's the only way that we actually discover what he's got on the agenda. So I'm going to read from... Romans chapter 4, verse 13. Uh, I think I'm going to get through about 10 verses, so you can either read along or <clears throat> just listen. For the promise to Abraham and his offspring that he would be heir of the world did not come through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. For if it is the adherents of the law, like the Jews, right, who are to be the heirs, faith is null and the promise is void. For the law brings wrath, or wrath, but where there is no law, there is no transgression. So we can actually, there's the law, we don't live by the law now, there's a new law that we live by which is the law of the Spirit. So we can now live in relationship with God, free from transgression. That is why it depends on faith, in order that the promise may rest on grace and be granted to all his offspring, not only to the adherent of the law, but also to the one who shares the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. As it is written, I have made you the father of many nations in the presence of the God in whom he believed. That's pretty cool. That's how it was. Who gives life to the dead and calls into existence the things that do not exist. And then <clears throat> looking at the nature of Abraham's faith here, in hope, he believed against hope. Right? It's funny the way he writes it. In hope... Abraham believed against hope that he should become the father of many nations as he had been told so shall your offspring be so 
Why do we think that Abraham was believing in the hope of God against some sort of um, the realm of what he was seeing, right? So in hope, he believed against hope. So in the hope of God, he believed in the hope of what he could see in the natural, right? She's talking about the barrenness of Sarah's womb. He's talking about him being 100 years old. <clears throat> and this promise just didn't make any sense. He couldn't really understand it, yeah? In hope he believed hope against hope that he should become the father of many nations. As he had been told, so shall your offspring be. He did not weaken in faith when he considered his own body, which was as good as dead since he was about 100 years old, or when he considered the barrenness of Sarah's womb. No unbelief made him waver concerning the promise of God, but he grew strong in his faith as he gave glory to God, fully convinced that God was able to do what he had promised. That is why his faith was counted to him as righteousness. But the words it was counted to him were not written for his sake alone, but for ours also. It will be counted to us who believe in him who raised from the dead, Jesus our Lord, who was delivered up for our trespasses and raised for our justification. So yeah, I just wanted us to be able to, <clears throat> he's the father of faith, right? Abraham, the father of our faith. Look at the way that he received the promise of God. Yeah? Looking in the natural, no chance. Doesn't understand it, doesn't make any sense. And it says that his faith was accounted to him as righteousness, his faith. And we know just how much Jesus loves faith, yeah? He was always like, it's your faith that saves you, it's your faith that heals you. He was always on about your faith. And it really takes the, it really takes the, the striving out of it, it takes the, the works out of it. And it's actually the only healthy way that we can actually glorify God because when we realize that it's Christ in us, yeah, it's Christ in us that's the hope of glory. When I first came, when I first like clued onto this, it, it, I'd walked with God for maybe 12 months, a year and a half, and then I, <clears throat> I started to think, oh, it's all about faith, like that's, that's what it's all about, and I just started to get a little bit introspective about my measure of faith or the faith that I was walking in, and God just said, who's the author of your faith, and who's the finisher of your faith, and I was just reminded, oh, that's right, like my, f it's not even in my ability to have faith, it's in his to release it. And that's what I feel like. I feel like he wants to dump the gift of faith on us. That's what I think. I think he wants to dump the gift of faith on us. 
Um, but all we need to do is come before him and receive it. And therefore, it remains a gift. So, <clears throat> I just wanted to share this testimony where um, I, it, and most of you have probably heard this before, So it's just after I had a major encounter with God and the very next day I'm walking to a waterfall and I'm on my way and I'm, you know, enjoying myself, I'm feeling close to the Lord and then all of a sudden this demon rocks up and just thumps me with this panic attack. And when you experience that... Um, there's nothing that you can do. Anyone who's experienced like solid panic attacks, there's really, there's not much you can do about it, you know? Um, and because it's a spirit. And, but in that moment, I was able to have a childlike faith in the midst of fear. And this is where faith really thrives, in the midst of fear. Because we're going to experience fearful moments yeah and that's why we need to know the spirit that we've received yeah not a spirit of fear but one of power one of power and the spirit in us is greater than the spirit who's in the world so when you experience the strength of that spirit you feel that spirit come come upon you come on you He's trying to accuse you, trying to intimidate you, trying to attack you, put it over you. If you're not aware of the spirit that's inside of you, then you're going to get beat up. You're going to feel it. That you, you, we can't match the enemy. We have to have confidence in the spirit of God that's inside of us. And when we do, then you're very, very confident. And you can actually step into moments that aren't comfortable, not comfortable at all, but you know that the spirit that you have is your comforter, yeah? Because this is what this whole life is about. It's about faith. It's the only way that we're able to reveal the glory of God. So, but it's scary. It's scary to live by faith. It just is. It's, it's scary to live out on the water. But that's where we're called. That's where we're called to live. We're called to live out on the water. We're called, he, he says, I do not take you out of the darkness. I send you in there. You've got to get in the darkness. But you've got to know the light that's inside of you. That no weapon formed against you shall prosper. Yeah? Or your soul is going to be subject to feelings and emotions and flesh and carnal. We've got to be able to have the Spirit have dominion over us. When the Spirit has dominion over us, then we have dominion over every other spirit on the earth because there's that union there. We're His, we're fully His. That's when we can come into obedience, see? 
if you're not if you're not one with the spirit yeah then you're not in tune with the law of the spirit and the law of the spirit is life and peace So I'm walking along and I'm going to this waterhole. I get smashed with this panic attack. And in the midst of it, I was able to have faith, not in my history with God. It wasn't that I built this awesome history of faith with God and I knew his spirit for many, many years. So when it came, I could handle it. It was this childlike faith in the promises of God, that these promises are for me. And that's, that's all it was, but this tenacity, it was the Spirit of God in me. There was this union there that I was able to surrender to the will of God in that moment, even when my soul was experiencing fear, big, big fear, yeah? My heart was in surrender to the Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom, so, I said to the enemy, in the midst of fear, I said, too late for you. It's too late. And instantly, just gone, gone, right? And it's because when we submit to God, the enemy flees. Yeah? If we try to resist the devil... That's back to front. Yeah, you, resi- you submit to God and resist the devil. You, because you're in submission to God, you can resist his, the devil's schemes. You can resist all of his lies, all of his power, because you've, you've, you're in that one place with the Lord, in submission, where we should be. It's the best. That's, that's, that's very, very good to be there. It's amazing. And the reason why I think he's, he's built it this way is for relationship. It's dependency. It's he wants us to depend on him. He wants to be our safe place. He wants to be our place of refuge. He wants to be the one who we are completely entrusting to it says trust in the lord with all of your heart all of it all of it all of it it's just surrender time you know trust in the lord with all of your heart lean not on your own understanding but in all your ways acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths you acknowledge god and as we acknowledge him he'll make himself known he loves to do it Um, So we're just going to have a squeeze at Philippians 3. Paul just had this, man, he trusted in the Holy Spirit, this guy. He just trusted in the Holy Spirit. He had such a sweet relationship with the Holy Spirit. And 
it actually produced the nature of God in, in a man. And, it, and it's beautiful to read his life. And not just to read what he did, but to read, like we read Paul's life and we think about, you know, the beatings and he was a man of endurance and steadfastness and he just ripped it up. But what he experiences a lot, like in that life internally is amazing. He's experiencing just joy, inexpressible joy. And that's what the scripture invites us into, inexpressible joy. But not just inexpressible joy in the comfort of our flesh, you know, inexpressible joy in suffering. Yeah? And this is like the deeper will of God is that we would embody the love of God as we partner with the suffering of God. Yeah? We will embody the love of God, embody it, and reveal it. So we, it's a, we're to grow in the knowledge of God. Yeah? We're to grow in the knowledge of God. But growing in the knowledge of God, um, you can do that in family and it's all good, and, but you really grow in the knowledge of God when you partner with the sufferings of Christ, the afflictions. There, that's how you actually enjoy the promises of God is when you suffer with him. It's scriptural. Um, so 3.3, three, here we go, let's see what Paul has to say. For we are the circumcision who worship by the Spirit of God and glory in Christ Jesus and put no confidence in the flesh. Though I myself have reason for confidence in the flesh also, if anyone else thinks he has reason for confidence in the flesh, I have more circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, as to the law, a Pharisee, as to zeal, a persecutor of the church, as to righteousness under the law, blameless. But whatever I gain, whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. His confidence, it's not, it's not in anything else but the spirit that he has, the spirit that he's received. It's the law, he understands the law of the spirit <clears throat> and faith. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and may share his sufferings, becoming like him in his death. 
what I've always found is um, guilt can be a very strong motivator. Guilt can really motivate somebody, yeah, to do more and sacrifice more. but it's never enough, just never enough. It's just service. You're just serving, serving, serving. I'm guilty, I'm a slave. Let me just serve more. I'm not worthy. I'll just. But when you have faith that you've received the righteousness of God and that you're no longer guilty and you can't earn your righteousness, can't earn it, actually just start to enjoy faith and you can actually just make mistakes and you can it doesn't separate your friendship with the Lord because it's not based on works and It says that the commandments are not burdensome. The commandments are not burdensome. But oftentimes, I think, we're just trying so hard to fulfill the commandments of Christ and they become this burden. Um, but what God desires is that they would be a joy set before us because we would be doing them by the strength of the Spirit. We would be doing them by under the anointing of the Holy Ghost. When I first started to hear about righteousness, the message of righteousness, yeah, um, it's that we, you are the righteousness of the Father in the Son, yeah. So the Son's sacrifice, fully acceptable and pleasing, and it washes you, and now you're right with God, yeah. Not just you're right with God, but now you are actually um, sanctified. You're a vessel of honourable use. You're now a vessel that can discover the righteousness of God. Not, not the righteousness based on law, right and wrong, but the righteousness of God that's based on mercy and the depths of Christ sacrificing himself for us. And I just believe that 
there is the invitation that Christ has for us and the Father has for the will is that we would actually enter into the sufferings of Christ because the love of God has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit. Yeah? And so we can often, we can hear this message and we can start to feel like disheartened and a bit like, and the reason why is because we start to go, oh, and we, we start to judge ourself, our works, even our own faith, start to judge our faith and we start to think, oh gosh, if that's what, if that's the, if that's the, the plan of God, then I'm a long way from partnering with him. But that's not how the Father, that's not how he sees us. He doesn't have any expectation upon us outside of the measure of his spirit that lives in us. None at all. You know? So he's not surprised. And his love isn't limited by that either. So there isn't anything, and I've said this before, there isn't anything that can increase the love of God for us, and there isn't anything that can decrease the love of God for us. Yeah? There's a difference between God's love for us and what brings God pleasure. Yeah? It's like when our kids aren't being who we know they're called to be, we're, we're not pleased because they're not living in the fullness of who they are. They're not receiving joy. They're, they're having a tantrum or whatever. But we know that it's impossible to please God outside of faith. So when we're free from judgment, we can, that's when we can actually receive. So I run into the secret place and I just start claiming the word of God and I just start thanking him. I thank you that I'm your son. I thank you that I have you as my father. I thank you that you love me and you see me like no other. And I thank you that you have this purpose and destiny for me. And imagine that, that God chose to reveal himself in, in us. He chose to do it first in Christ, yeah, that Christ was the express image of the Father, yeah, the express imagery on the earth that we could see of who the Father is, and now Jesus says, I've given you all things that pertain to life and godliness, yeah, I'm passing the baton to you, here's the ministry of reconciliation, because Christ, he reconciled the defiled understanding of who the Father is. He reconciled it in his life. And then what he does is he, he says, all right, I'm going to wash you with my blood, and now you are going to be an instrument of righteousness. That's, that's the language he uses. You're an instrument of righteousness. Um. Faith isn't a feeling. 
It's a knowing. Deep in your spirit. Yeah, your soul realm will experience that. Like, an, like your soul will experience the overflow of what you know to be true in your spirit. Yeah? But it's such a deep knowing that you could be led by the spirit. Because that's the ones who are sons and daughters are the ones who are led by the Spirit, yeah? Even if we're still learning how to be led by the Spirit and we're still learning how to trust Him, but trust, yeah, which is similar to faith, it's just a supernatural version of it, is the epitome of relationship. It is. You think about a relationship between a husband and a wife, trust that is the foundation, yeah? If you've got trust, someone can come over to the husband and lie to them about what the wifey was up to. He's like, no, I trust who she is. And you can have people, everyone telling them, no, I trust her. Trust, it's built on trust. And that's how God wants to establish our, our friendship with him um, through the substance of faith. Um, so like Naomi said last week be still get into that still quiet intimate romantic place with God but it's faith it's faith in the gift you know when when Jesus was sitting at the well with the woman, he said, if you knew the gift and you knew the one who gives you this gift, you would have asked me for a drink. If we can see the promise by faith, it'll take us into that place to be still with him. Yeah? And we'll be still and know that he is God. Be still and know that he is God. The quiet, that quietness will come over your soul and your spirit, and it'll take us into those deeper, deeper places of the, the awareness of the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. Who's keen? <laughs> All right, everyone, who, who wants more faith? Who wants a gift of faith? It... Okay, if you want to receive the gift of faith, a stronger measure of faith on your life, then let's stand up and Jimmy's going to pray, right? Stand up and receive. Hallelujah. And then after that, our prophetic team is going to come up and minister. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Father, the only way we enter in is with our hearts. You've made it this way, God, because the heart is what you died for. The heart is what you came for, Lord. The heart is what you want, Father. You want our hearts. Nothing else will do. You showed your love for us. So, Father, right now, we lift up our hands by our hearts, God. 
With the heart one believes and is justified. With the heart one believes and is justified, God. We let go. We let go of the carnal. We let go of the natural. We let go of everything that we've known that is not of the Spirit of God. And we enter into the law of the Spirit of life and peace. We thank you that your mercy triumphs over judgment, Lord. Your mercy triumphs over judgment. Thank you, Father, right now that you, your Holy Spirit will come and breathe in this place. God, I just thank you for what you've done in my life, Father. I thank you for your faithfulness, God. My faithfulness is built on your faithfulness. sung in worship he is good 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 we get into that place of worship and our spirit and our heart encounters the promises of God encounters heaven the kingdom of heaven and we say your will be done your will be done your will be done I know, I know this to be true. That we were built to honour God. That's our purpose. That's our destiny. And that's the only thing that will fill your heart and your soul your mind and your will and your emotions, they just come along for the ride. They come along for the ride. And it's a wild ride. He says, follow me. He says, follow me. I'm going this way. Follow me. But you'll need my spirit to do so. And you'll need to live by faith. You have a new life now, and it's out in the water. Don't gratify the comforts of the flesh, but give yourself to Him because He is good. Thank you, God, that you have set us free from fear. Thank you for what you're going to do over this next week. As we take this gift of faith in the promises of God, and we enter into the most holy place by the blood of the Lamb. We invite you, Father, to overcome our hearts and our minds.
and that your spirit would give life to our body like never before. Thank you, Father. Thank you, it's the anointing that breaks the yoke. It's the word of God that never fails. It cannot be broken. Scripture can't be broken. To anyone who wants to, to come up the front and the prophetic team and and the leadership are going to be up here. We're going to lay hands. We're going to pray. We are going to thank God.